Hello, and welcome to Christmas Fest. Uh, I am joined here with Al Red Lanyard. Um, how you doing, Al? I'm doing wonderful. Some would even say rather jolly. Yeah, yeah. How are you, Jenny? I'm also jolly. Yeah, it's Ooh. been a good day. Yeah, been a good, been a good month. You know, to feel all that Christmas spirit. Oh, and it's gonna be a good Christmas. Yes, yes, it is. I've made sure of it. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> that sounds mildly threatening, but I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about the uh, classic um, uh, movie uh, Scrooge with Bill Murray that I hadn't watched in a long time. Um, I don't even know the last time I watched this, so it was almost like it was like a new movie for me. So, um, so yeah. Uh, Al, do you, would you want to give the synopsis of the movie? I could give a quick synopsis of Scrooged. Okay. So, um, so Scrooged is uh, basically just a modern retelling of A Christmas Carol um, by our boy Charles Dickens. Um, and, um, yeah, it's pretty much a modern retelling of it. I say modern because it took because it was filmed like 35 years ago but um yeah. it basically yeah it stars um it stars bill Murray, um everybody's favorite ghostbuster mm-hmm. um i mean bill is playing um this character he's not playing the actual ebenezer scrooge um in this world um um, a Christmas Carol is like known as a story, um, but he is playing a television network executive who apparently had this idea to put on this like really big, elaborate retelling of A Christmas Carol live on Christmas Eve on TV, and so um, and so. As he does this, as he tries to steer this very expensive, very important ship into the harbor and secure his his career and financial future and things like that, then the um, basic story beats of A Christmas Carol happen to him um, because uh, the character that Bill um, is playing, uh, his name is Frank Cross, and Frank Cross is an asshole. And, mm-hmm. and he's just, he just sucks. He's terrible. He's what you kind of imagine an executive in network TV is. So it's, so it's a really good job by Bill to, to, to really capture this role. And so um, he goes through all of the beats. He sees um, uh, the three ghosts of Christmas past, um, Christmas present and Christmas yet to come. Mm-hmm. And um, over time, he kind of discovers, you know, I guess the true meaning of of the Christmas season, and then uh, various people in his life kind of um, fall into one role or the other that um, has become kind of synonymous with the Christmas Carol. But um, yeah, that's really all there is to it, man. It's just what if a Christmas Carol happened in the eighties. I mean, that's yeah. really what that's really what the story is. There isn't a yeah. whole lot there to really expound upon, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's a blast. 
It is. It is a blast. Um, I will. I will reiterate again. If you are not familiar with this movie, it is very modern. Uh, there is very random, explicit stuff in it that you'll just be vibing, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, there's nipples." So, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. be careful of that uh, for it's anybody true. who hasn't seen it. <laughs> it's one of. It's one of those films that like really showcase the fact that PG thirteen and something entirely d- d- different in the 80s yes and it does right now yes. <laughs> <laughs> because like um because the thinking of back on this one um scrooge is actually one that i picked um this year and thinking back on it i remember having watched this with my family at christmas when i was a kid oh, gosh. but we always watched it like on t- tv mm. because like for all the kids out there Way back in the day, things would just like <laughs> air on TV, on, <laughs> on a TV station, and um, it usually would be edited out for all of like um, the language and any nudity and any like excessive gore and violence and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was a really kind of a lame way to watch things, but it's usually <laughs> what happened. And yeah. so, and so I watched it. So watching it now, um, it's available on Amazon Prime, free yes. for anybody interested. But mm-hmm. um, so watching it now as an adult, I was watching it and I was just kind of like, "Huh, yeah, <laughs> wow." <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of this, but still, um, it was really fun to kind of go back to and catch the things that like you don't really grasp onto when you're a kid watching it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, Christmas Vacation's also that way because uh, my first introduction to oh that movie <laughs> was was always on TBS, and so like it was so censored. And then, like the first time I watched it uncensored, I was like, "Oh, this is like a new movie," but uh, still <laughs> so great. Those are the best Christmas movies, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I first, one of the first things obviously I noticed in this movie was like it has an all star cast, like Robert Mitchum. Yeah, it is stacked. Uh, Carol Kane, um, uh, like John Glover, it's it's great. Um, uh, who who are you most surprised to see in this when you're rewatching it? Um, yeah, so when I rewatched it, um, obviously I knew on the old Murray was the star, so yeah. I was expecting him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I recall John Glover being in it. Um, I recall Carol Kane for sure. Um, and then one person that I did not recall having having seen in it, but I was like absolutely overjoyed when I realized it was her, was um, was Alfred Woodard, who played Grace. Um, yes. She's incredible. She's incredible in everything yes. she does. Yes. She's awesome. Um, and then I realized it kind of like unlocked a memory um, that I had from when I was a kid when I rewatched this because uh, we watched it and we got to the part with um, the ghost from Christmas Pass who is a t- taxi cab driver played by David Johansson and we were watching it and I thought back and I realized this like funny thing that always came up whenever we watched it as a family when I was younger was my mom was convinced that the ghost of Christmas past is, is played by Tom Waits. <laughs> and, 
And I remember us watching it. And I watched it with my mom a lot because my dad was always at work. And I remembered one night. So I was just like accepting. I didn't know who actors were when I was a kid. Um, and so I remember just kind of hearing her say that and just accepting. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's Tom Waits. Crazy. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> and then one night my dad was home and we were watching it together. And my mom said, oh, there's Tom Waits. And my dad was just like, that. Honey, that's that's not Tom Waits. <laughs> and it became this whole thing where my mom was just trying to convince my father that that was Tom Waits, <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past, to the point that my dad was just like, hold on, we're going to watch the rest of this. And when it gets to the credits, we're going to see who plays, <laughs> who plays him. And so eventually we do. And obviously it says David Johansson. And... And my mom, uh, if anybody knows my mom at all, this won't surprise you. Uh, by the end of it, they saw that it was David uh, 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 Johansson. And my mom was just like, well, I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I think to this day, if you asked her, hey, who plays the ghost Christmas past in Scrooge? She'd probably tell you it was Tom Waits. I love that, honestly. I love your mom's commitment. That's great. Uh <laughs> but now I'm going to remember him as Tom Waits. So I mean you might as well, man. <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> scarily similar. Really <laughs> um was this a movie that you watched every year around Christmas time? Um we watched it a lot. Yeah, we didn't Oh gosh, we didn't watch it as often as we watched like the like holy trinity of Christmas films that we watched like <laughs> three or four times a year until yeah. I was like out of college essentially. Um, so like we didn't watch it as much as like um, as White Christmas or like It's a Wonderful Life, but like mm -hmm. uh, pretty much if my mom was like surfing through the channels and and it happened to be on on like. ABS or TNT or something. She'd usually like leave it on and like we'd watch it. So I was really familiar. Um, again, this is going to sound really weird to anybody out there who's like young and listening to this, but due to it, like having been on TV, uh, being the way I watched it, I was really super familiar with like um, the latter half of the film. And I did not recall almost anything from the beginning of the film because I don't think I'd ever actually seen the beginning of the movie because it was always just we randomly found it on TV and it was like half an hour into it. So we just yeah. started watching it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird that this isn't in my family's. Well, it's not weird. I'm, I've been actually since I finished watching it, I've been trying to figure out why. It wasn't in my family's like Christmas rotation. And I think my mom had, she had to be in a certain mood to like certain humor and certain actors. And I think, I think mm. Bill Murray was one of those like actors for her. Like sometimes she'd be like, oh, he's hilarious. And sometimes she'd be like, oh, he's just not, he's, he's not funny. So I think, yeah, cause That's like, very he, understandable. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, again, like, Christmas Vacation, like, Jingle All the Way, like, um, Elf, like, 
uh, White Christmas, um, all those movies in the Christmas rotation. But Scrooge never was. And I find it so weird um, because like rewatching that, I was like, I loved it. But I was like, oh, mom probably didn't care for that a whole lot. So uh, <laughs> it's just it's interesting like, kind of looking back on on that. Um, but uh, oh, but yeah. I th- yeah, I th- think that really <laughs> I think your mom's opinion of it. And like how like she kind of had to be in a mood in order to, to like really watch and tolerate it. I think that perfectly captures this thing that like I realized when I was watching it because uh, just the other day I also rewatched um, Christmas Vacation for the mm-hmm. first time in a few years as well, and like um, those two films kind of together really struck me as like when you talk about like these um these comedians of that time of like of the late 70s into like the 80s like often in films like these their shtick was that they were like the worst insufferable yeah Yeah, like they were they sucked like that was like their whole thing you look at bill you look at heavy chase you look at like uh angerfield like a lot of these guys are just like their whole character is that they're an asshole like that's the (laughs) that's like their entire characterization yeah and like that works like here and there but like i think there's a reason why like we've kind of like started to drift away from that um <laughs> over yeah. the years and start to lean more towards characters who like you can like empathize with well and root uh, yeah. for too you know because like again i i still watch christmas vacation but like towards the end of it you're like does he really deserve the christmas bonus i don't know like i don't know <laughs> man like it, you know especially as you're older you know when you're younger it's like oh yeah like but I don't know. It's like rewatching it in this mindset now is a little different. And then, like, even with Scrooge, I was like, did you actually get the point of that message? Or are you just scared of dying? <laughs> like, <laughs> which again, that doesn't take away from how much I enjoyed the movie. I'm just saying it's, you know, it's just interesting how we write the main characters now, even in comedy, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. If, if mom was here, she'd probably say, you know, he just wasn't a good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she'd be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what in this movie, you know, it's, you know, it's the, the same story that gets, to, you know, Christmas Carol gets told in a lot of different ways throughout the years. Um, what would you say was your favorite scene in this particular film? Um, favorite scene? Um, yeah, that um I love and this goes right back into like this idea that like uh, the character of Frank Cross is so effective because he just is so awful and abrasive. Um <laughs> the, the scene that really stuck out to me, especially for Bill, um in his performance is that um the scene where he goes to the homeless shelter to find Claire mm-hmm. um, and talk to her and like try to like charm <laughs> his way back into her life and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like that scene is so good just because like even even in the context of 
him knowing that the reason why he's there is to like win Claire back and show that he's changed. And he like even like starts off to kind of talk to some of the residents there and like kind of show like a softer side to himself. And that facade just so quickly falls apart (laughs) because he's just (laughs) that awful of a human being and he can't he can't hide it. He physically <laughs> is like incapable <laughs> of hiding that. And yeah. like you s- see that a lot uh, when Claire first comes to set as well. Like, you know, he's trying to talk to her, he's trying to turn on the charm and like and joke around with her and show her that like, oh, he's oh, he's this great guy and she should come and get back with him. And like again, just like if the smallest thing happens, if the smallest inconvenience pops up, um, that whole facade just immediately crumbles. Oh, yeah. And it just, like, shows just how, like, um, especially at that stage of the story, how how hopelessly awful he is. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, that is something that I think is really core to what makes A Christmas Carol work as a story, is that, like, you have to really understand and believe that Scrooge is, like, this awful guy and that you have to like be on the side at the beginning of oh yeah i don't think he can be like saved or redeemed in any way right he's almost Uh, irredeemable for sure yeah and so and so that that helps to make the rest of the journey so much more um, important and and effective when you eventually arrive at the point of redemption that he gets and so to see Frank Cross, the the Ebenezer Scrooge, and <laughs> um, in this situation, like show that he is so far gone by the fact that the one thing he he doesn't have in his life, the one thing he like yearns to have to feel complete, he can't stop being a bad person for like ten seconds to give himself a chance of achieving it. Like, just really goes to show just how, like, poorly bankrupt he is. And, like, I don't know, those two scenes are just so well done that, like, like, I was watching it and I was just like, hell yeah, that's how you play a Scrooge. Like, that's how you, (laughs) that's how you channel just, like, the utter corruption you have to have to even like be in that situation in the first place it was just really well done yeah no i i definitely agree like that that's he does he nails it he it's one of the one in my opinion one of his best acting roles and like you know just to kind of piggyback off what you said like it, it not only did he like screw it up so badly, but like homegirl was like ready to like get back with him like mm-hmm. after all these years she was just like it's clear you're a bad person, but I think we can make this work. And he still just could not, you know, he, he couldn't do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think my favorite scene, um, I really love their portrayal of the ghost of Christmas present in this. I, um, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Isn't Carol Kane the best? <laughs> I love Carol Kane. You know, like, um, yeah, one of my favorite roles of hers is obviously her role in, uh, in the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just so cool because, like, all the other, like, 
Dickens films, like, usually have the Ghost of Christmas present as, like, you know, this jolly giant type dude who mm-hmm. I, I always love that portrayal, too. But to see, like, her and, like, as a little fairy just beat the shit out of uh, um, Frank the entire time that they're, you know, visiting, you know, all the, like, I just, I loved it. Like, it was so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, I think oh, those, yeah. those scenes were what I laughed the most. Like, just so random. She's like, oh, here's a toaster. Just, like, nails it. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. It's, oh. so, it's so good. And those, like, scenes as well. Like, um, I think something that Scrooge uh, does do really well is that it does bring a lot of the classic ideas from A Christmas Carol into, like, the modern world really well mm-hmm. and um, the ghost of christmas present is like a perfect example of that because like whereas the older iterations of a christmas carol were just kind of like oh scrooge you should be ashamed of yourself this is how your hello men live and there are children starving while you mm-hmm. you you hoard all your wealth and things like that right. and, and like the modern era like even Back in 88, 89, when this came out, um, 88, um, even back then, like, society was past the point of trying to, like, shame the rich, like, powerful executives of society mm-hmm. to where Carol Kane's um, portrayal of, of the Ghost of Christmas present was literally just, like, it was literally just, like, no, I'm... I'm going to hit you because, yeah, because you. words are not getting through to you. <laughs> like you suck, and this is what all of your employees want to do to you. <laughs> like people want yeah. to beat the crap out of you, Frank. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was each scene better than the last. It was so good. Um, yeah. Um, who would you say was your favorite ghost? My f- favorite ghost. Um, I mean, I feel obligated now to say Tom Waits, but <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, I do. I will say, um, I did appreciate it having watched it like now in like the context of how far EGI and special effects have come. In films, you know, you can you can, like go. I would love to have someone sit down and watch like Avengers Endgame <laughs> or something, and then watch the scene where where um, the ghost of Lou Hayward like comes back from the grave <laughs> and talk <laughs> and talks to and talks to Frank. And he's just like, oh, Frank, you're lying. And he, like, shoves him, like, through the plexiglass window of the building. And Mm -hmm. it looks like he's, like, going through, like, a portal from the Twilight Zone or something. It just looks awful. (laughs) It looks horrible, but, like, it's still, like, pretty effective at what it's trying to do. That's what Um, I was about to say. Like, even with, like, the low effects, like, it was still some creepy shit that happened in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there really was, like, um, just, like, and it was, like, very small things that happened, like, Mm -hmm. just, like, the small stuff of, like, you know, like, things, like, popping out of that ghost's 
like skull and stuff because right. like his his like skin was so like decrepit and old and mm-hmm. like um and like yeah man it was just really <laughs> it was just really good it gave me kind of the same feeling of watching like a horror film with very like with very good practical effects mm-hmm. of just like you know of like okay well i can tell that like this is like a special effect this isn't like really happening on screen it's obvious and i can tell that but like there's a campiness about it mm-hmm. that it's just like it's almost like way more enjoyable than if it looked like super real mystic um, yeah and so no, i got I those agree. vibes a lot from it yeah yeah it's almost like it's a little more like it's all it, it's almost more effective because it's more unsettling to me because it, it doesn't look real you know but like i don't know it i can't really explain it but um because i kind of had the same feeling even with like the the ghost of christmas uh future when yeah. he like opens it up and he just like slowly closes it again and it's, but yeah like all that's like it, it reminds it, it's weird because it reminded me of like the muppets but also like scary like i don't know mm-hmm. uh oh, yeah. maybe i'm it's... just like easily scared but uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, no like even testing where they're on the elevator and like he opens up like his robe and stuff like it that scene is so effective because it suggests a lot without actually like telling you anything about it like it's just like you know here's like the ghost of christmas yet to come like what's his deal and then like you open up his robe (laughs) and there's like small like (laughs) decrepit demon guys like just hanging out in his rib cage and stuff <laughs> and you're just like whoa what was that about and, <laughs> and then the spirit's just like that's not why i'm here <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> and they just continue on you're just like whoa some stuff's going on with the ghost of christmas future <laughs> oh no oh uh, yeah it's like the whole eldritch thing it's just like the fear of the unknown is like the most effective form of fear yeah and so yeah, that's just so kind of you see that you're just kind of like whoa what is that about yeah and then they're then they're on with like the typical christmas carol thing you're just like whoa wait <laughs> so true we don't really revisit that it's just like oh it served its purpose no you know yeah um yeah my, my favorite ghost is christmas present but uh we oh, already sure. touched on that but sure. but yeah I, I really liked the depiction of all the ghosts in these in this movie though for sure um yeah uh let's see um who would you say well i mean this is kind of a silly question honestly the standout character who would you who would you give that title to oh yeah um standout character I know, it's kind of um, weird to not say Bill Murray, you know, but... <laughs> it is, but, like, honestly, if I'm talking about a character who stood out, if I'm talking about a character who, like, left an impression on me, um, and yet again, it comes up, we talked about it a little bit um, in our Jingle All the Way episode, um, the character of Elliot Eldermilk um, would not have happened if Scrooge was made like 
in the last five years. <laughs> no, that's like, so, true. Like, that's so true. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. It's just like a retelling of Bob Cratchit, except Bob Cratchit comes back to his place of work and like does a shooting spree. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. like, it's great. This movie is written PG 13. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is insane. That's so crazy. Um, and like I swear to God, by the time we were done with Scrooge, uh, uh, we were watching it this time around. I could have sworn, like, I feel like I have seen that actor in like a hundred other things, and I cannot tell you what it's been. Like, <laughs> like just like his voice and like his physical appearance and the way he moves, and like, um, I know he's like, how do I? Hey, this he's like um he's like the earth three version of rick of rick, of rick moranis no yeah i was sense. gonna say that that's what i thought it was at first and then i was like no that's not him oh dude if only that would have been incredible <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god the number of people in hollywood who would love to see rick moranis hold a shotgun aimed at bill murray's head i can only imagine <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, that character that character is wild because he is a background character for so much of the film, right? You just kind of think you see him do his thing and he confronts Frank and Frank fires him and you're just like, oh, okay, it's like a Bob Cratchit thing. He might come up after a while. And then you go on to realize that like that Grace is way more of the Bob Cratchit mm-hmm. character and Elliot is just like, is just a crazy dude who was just, like, strung along during the story. I may be yeah. forgetting a character from a classic Christmas Carol that he fits into the mode of. No, but... I can't. No, because I, I was like you. I thought that, too, at first. And then I noticed, like, you kind of see him all throughout the movie up until, you know, uh, he, 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 you know, tries to kill Bill Murray because he's, like, he, you see him donating blood, you see him getting drunk, you see him, like, just, like, talking to himself. And, like, it's never, like, really, like, the focal point of the scene. And so mm. I thought that was interesting how they did that. Because, like, I really wasn't expecting him to show back up with a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. And, like, that that treatment of his character, like, uh, I could be trying to give the writers a little bit more, like, edit than it's realistic. But, like... <laughs> That treatment of his character, like, is so. It can be interpreted to be like so appropriate for the type of story they were trying to tell, yeah. Because like the story, awesome. yeah. Because the story is like is obviously it's about Frank and like his journey and finding redemption. But the role that Elliot plays is very appropriate because like what happens to people who get. F- Hired by their arrogant bosses. Like mm-hmm. they go on a spiral and they're very much in the background, according to like all of the quote unquote important people that like have other things going on. But like, you know, that their lives are like are ruined and you don't really know what they're going to do. And and yeah. when and when he comes back and he has a shotgun and he's trying to, he's trying to kill Frank Cross. And like, it's 
funny in the context because the context is like a comedy version of the Christmas Carol. But like that scenario is like is very terrifying if taken yeah. in any more grounded of a way. Yeah. And like and like I don't know, it almost feels kind of intentional. I'm not sure the takeaways are what they should be there if it is intentional like that but like I do really it did feel like as something um, again that comes up watching it as an adult that might not come up when you watch it as a kid is one of those things that like it just felt very intentional as if it was trying to like say something more than you would expect from this kind of story well no I mean I I think it I, like you said, maybe you are giving the writers too much credit, but I mean, I would say even Charles Dickens would appreciate a, a character like this because the whole point of Christmas Carol is, you know, capitalist or bad, basically. You know what I mean? So, like, it's yeah. like, you know, down with greed, like, stop treating people inhumane, like, that kind of stuff. So, like, I don't, I feel like it was, I feel like it was intentional. Like, I, it was, it, yeah. I really, I appreciated it for sure. Um, I was like, yeah, this is adding a little more, like, a little extra element of, uh, which, I mean, it's a, you know, a, a comedy, right? But, like, I always read too much into stuff anyway, so. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, and definitely, even if it isn't all that, uh, that we think that it is, um, it at least serves as a very good introduction to, like, um, to Frank um, eating up with um, the final ghost because yeah. the final ghost is all about like you know your actions, your greed, your uh, the way you live is going to eventually catch up with you. Yeah, and and um, affects people around you without even realizing it. Yeah, and so like just the presence of Elliot there is like a really good eat up to having that kind of final step towards his realization and redemption right well and then you know the final ghost i you know the ghost right are technically like quote-unquote dreams but elliot was very much a real thing that was happening to him mm-hmm. so i think that also was kind of like a oh oh shit like you know <laughs> but <laughs> ah. it's catching up to you a little bit faster than you might have thought there first. right exactly <laughs> Like the ghost of Christmas future was like, yo, I didn't even have that on the list, bro. Like, <laughs> it's but. one of the also, um, I wonder if that scene with Elliot, if it's like kind of a parody of like where Scrooge is in, um, at that point of a Christmas Carol, because like in the original telling of a Christmas Carol, by the time Scrooge is done with uh, this second ghost. He's like, he's like there. He's ready. Yeah. He's just like, okay, like, no, no, all of this is awful. I have to help. I have to like, yeah. I have to help out. So he's like already there. And then the ghost of Christmas future is just kind of like, hold on. No, you don't like completely understand the weight of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in Scrooge here with Frank, Frank gets back from doing uh, the ghost of Christmas present stuff, which like was very Oceanal, but like it wasn't as emotional as that sequence usually is in a Christmas Carol. Yes. And he comes back, and instead of just being like, okay, yeah, I'm convinced I'm ready to help, like here comes like this hammer of reality <laughs> just cr- <laughs> just crushing into him of just like, oh, 
yeah, I guess that ghost was right. Like the things I do do affect other people because this man yeah. is trying to kill me. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So I wonder if it was also kind of a parody of that as well. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I can definitely see that. It's it's a very well done movie, honestly. May yeah. Maybe we're not giving it enough credit. Maybe. It could um, be. I mean, <laughs> a director like a director has done some of the most influential films like of the seventies and eighties. <laughs> so, yeah. so we so we probably like I don't know. We have probably been like trained and conditioned to assume we're giving filmmakers more credit than they deserve. Right. That when we get to someone. Like Richard Honor, uh, we're just like, oh well, hold on. Actually, he might just be a really good director who knows how <laughs> to tell the story. <laughs> well, and especially with as much as I love them, obviously, but especially with Christmas movies, you know, sometimes it's very, you know, surface. But then sometimes there is a lot of meaning. So it's you know, you just gotta, yeah. you know, I mean, like for with Violent Night, there wasn't, <laughs> you know, the contrast is. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to go off there, so he believed um, in Christmas again, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he That's did. so true. He did. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, going back to this director and then Bill Murray's performance in general, like I really loved the last scene, like when he, you know, does have the captive audience and he like gives like a really great speech at the end. Like it's just very like powerful and moving i thought anyway like as far as like i wasn't expecting that out of this movie you know halfway through it i wasn't expecting um it to have like that kind of uh crescendo if you will um and then i really you know loved when grace's son like that was like he was like you know god blesses everyone and i was like i've heard that line so many times and it still it gets me every time Every yeah. time when a little kid says that, I'm like, oh, start tearing up for no reason, you know. So yeah, I really love that. I thought that was a great scene. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, it also does a good job of like of capturing like the borderline insanity that Scrooge is supposed to have at that point yeah. in the story. And so yeah. because like he's just he's walking on, he's like he's going off on tangents. He's like trying to dance with like the <laughs> with, like yeah. the dancers. Like yeah. he's like makes he's out calling, with a random one. Like yeah, he's like he's calling people out and like having the camera like turn to face the crew. Like he's doing all kinds of like just wild stuff. And so it shows a um, really good job of showing that like oh yeah he's like he he's realized like his true purpose and like he's kind of he's kind of lost his mind about it which is yeah. kind of what you expect from yeah. that kind of turnaround uh, you know that needs to happen that needed to happen so it really does yeah. i loved it i wish that happened way more often i do too i, I do too I, <laughs> I miss the days when like the billionaires in the world would lose their minds over like <laughs> trying to feed the orphans at Christmas time and not <laughs> and not over like an Andrew Tate podcast. <laughs> yeah, if only. <laughs> if only. Yeah, Christmas uh, always has a way of reminding me of that. <laughs> it was a simpler time. <laughs> Between like, you know, all the the retellings of Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life that I see, it's like, oh, man. These need to be shown all year. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait until until they do a true a true current day iteration of Christmas Carol 
and Ebenezer Scrooge uh, realizes that the true meaning of Christmas is is to become a sigma male and <laughs> <laughs> and invest all of it, all of his riches in Bitcoin to help the economy. That's too real. <laughs> Man, that that will be the day that I retire from. <laughs> be like, well, that was a good run. Well, <laughs> just like, wow, what an odd turn Zachary Levi's career has taken. Playing <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh my gosh, yo! If that happens, now we better get some credits for that. We better. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um but yeah so do you have anything else to add al like anything you wanted to bring up um it's i mean it's just really good man um if, if there's one if there's one issue i have with it um it's just that like um is um our homegirl uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, a homegirl Claire is like she needs help, man. She needs yeah. to. Yeah. She needs better taste of men. <laughs> I did not want them to end up together. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right. I kind of, yeah. I kind of wish the final step of <laughs> of Bill's transformation was gonna be like, and he realizes that he should just accept the fact that Claire isn't interested in him anymore. <laughs> But, but we weren't quite there yet, I don't think. I'm not sure we're quite there yet, like now, in 2023. But we definitely weren't in 1988. No, but, like, It would have been kind of nice if if it had just been like, um, you know, and then, and then, and then Scrooge realized that he had been very toxic and he was not, <laughs> and his, and the girl he was into was not obligated to, <laughs> to give him a second chance despite his redemption. Scrooge was not yet fit to be a partner. <laughs> the, the true meaning of Christmas is realizing that sometimes the ship sails, and you, and you don't, you don't always have the right to call it back to harbor. <laughs> yes, he could have easily just like donated like a crap ton of money to her organization and like helped all the people that were there, like bought them houses and, but no, I guess they're in love and that's great. So. Well, I don't, Hey, <laughs> it's the season. Yeah. I also I love that. Like that, like the hook into him, like giving one last appeal to Claire is to like be on live TV and make out with a dancer. And it worked. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Home- yeah, Clarity is a good therapist. Bless her heart. I need Claire to be on on whatever board or group that like decides like if student loans are going to be forgiven. Because <laughs> like, oh my god. Because <laughs> Claire. All it would take is for like is for Jacob to go on live TV and like and kiss a dancer and and say I, I'm really sad that that my friends have to face student loans and Claire would just be like we're forgiving everything <laughs> I've seen the truth oh so real so real man 
Yeah. Well, so, um, that's not all I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. Yeah, I would say that. And um, I wanted to know what Grace's bonus was going to be. Like, how was he going to, like he said, you know, when he's there with Christmas present, like, yeah, I probably do need to give her a raise or whatever. But I want to know what it was going to be because she deserves the world. So she does. I wanted she to does. know more about what he did for Grace. That's that was one thing I was like, wait, this isn't this movie's not over. What's what's gonna happen to Grace? Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's very true. Because in all the other uh, versions of Christmas Carol, like you get to at least hear Scrooge say like, and and Cratchit, I've decided to to give you triple your pay or whatever. Yeah. And so yeah, or, he, just, he gives them like a big old turkey and stuff. Like yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's just like, and I'll pay all of Tiny Tim's medical bills or whatever like yeah at least like <laughs> say something along those lines and not just Ooh. be like and grace i'll take care of grace i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't think claire's here yet i'm gonna go <laughs> make out with more dancers <laughs> like, like, you're just kind of like well wait a second <laughs> i'm like wait i mean like and don't get me wrong Grace was very happy after the movie because her little boy spoke but that had nothing to do with Scrooge like, I guess we're supposed to be led to believe that, like, he was inspired, but maybe he was. I don't think it was enough. Like, that's not going to pay a bill. Like, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to pay anything. <laughs> um, it's just like, yeah, the other than the other than the final scene of Calvin saying, and God blesses everyone, which is an incredible scene. It is. Very, good, very well done. Yeah. Um, the the attempts to like make a character out of Calvin were very weird. Yeah. In, in this, like, uh, they get to where um, he's with the Ghost of Christmas present, and like they're watching like their Christmas, and it's like um, a big happy family, and it's great. And like they go out of the way to like show him how like he solves the puzzle and does that. Um, and Frank is just kind of like, oh, wow, he's really smart. You just don't talk. And it's just like, are you trying to, like, I don't know what that scene is supposed to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, is it supposed to be like, well, it's, uh, hey, everyone, it's okay to f- feel bad for this kid because you can f- feel bad for, like, smart children. Like, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really No, Like, if the kid had been stupid, like, he still deserved to, like, have a functioning <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't really get what, what the implication was there. No, I agree. Like, I, and I, I still like, yeah. It's again, I love Calvin, but like it, the Ghost of Christmas Future showed him in a padded room, and I was confused. Oh, and then like Grace was dressed weird, and so I was like, "What is this? What is happening yes. now?" Yes, that's true. Cr- like, I don't understand. Because <laughs> Grace was, <laughs> Grace was dressed like um, like one of those um, like characters in the desert of the Legend of Zelda game. Like she was dressed like. What I thought I was like, is this chic? Like I don't. It was so strange, and she, 
And like the person was just like, it's time to go, ma'am. And she had like a glass of water and stuff that she took with her. And I was just like, are they not giving him water in this padded room? I was like, maybe I'll miss something in the movie that like explains this more. But like, I thought the little boy was just mute, which is fine. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, we see him do other things. I mean, they made sure we knew he was smart so that we could sympathize <laughs> with him. But like, they were and just then I'm like, like did, did, in the 80s, did they like commit people that couldn't talk? Like, I, <laughs> I mean, d- depending on where you were, they did do some, some oh. very antiquated stuff to people in the 80s. Yeah. That's so sad. Uh, like, but like, I don't, I'm, I'm unconvinced that would have happened to him, like in New York. Like, yeah. I feel yeah. like it would have happened to him in, like, in West Virginia. Or something about like I don't know if that would happen to him, but like in New York City, like I don't know. It was very so. Calvin Carrot. It's so weird to go from because if he's the analog for Tiny Tim, it was an interesting choice to go from. Oh yeah, and if you don't change your ways, if you don't share your wealth and take an interest in the people around you, then Tiny Tim could continue to get sick and he would eventually die. Yeah. To go from that into, <laughs> well, if you don't change your ways and take an interest in the people of, of around you, then this kid who's just <laughs> electively mute is going <laughs> to be committed to a padded room <laughs> yeah. for foreseeably the rest of his life. Yeah, we don't know. We don't and know. It's like, whoa, wh- why? <laughs> yeah. I was like, how did we get here? Um so, yeah, I'm wondering that maybe it is, again, maybe giving too much credit to the writers, maybe it's just a perception that, you know, Frank's character had because he didn't fully understand. Maybe that's what it was? I don't know. Because yeah, be. he's, you know, he's rich and not, like, you know, he's not, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of it, but I don't think I can. So, yeah. that's it. <laughs> it's very... It's very odd. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. Overall, really good. I really, yeah, I really sure. enjoy Scrooge. Yes. But there are some questions about their treatment of Calvin that I still have. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everything else, like I'm like, oh, that's that makes sense. Well, and Claire, but like that's sure, kind of yeah. a trope that's in most Christmas movies. Yeah. So it's fine. Uh, and I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I know people who are like there like oh, I, know, I know people who are like that so that is men and women thing. alike like, yeah. yeah oh for sure oh for sure <laughs> like so that isn't even a thing of just like oh i can't like imagine a person like that i yeah. don't like i know I, i'm not gonna drop any names but i could drop like a dozen of them right now yeah of people i know who are like that so, so yeah. even that isn't an isn't as weird as as just being like oh yeah this kid had like a traumatic experience and like he's and so he's mute and that is somehow going to make people think the best thing to do with him is to lock him in a padded room yeah while his mom <laughs> dresses up like ruth from the bible <laughs> <laughs> trying to give him water that apparently he can only have during visitation hour <laughs> yeah that was that was odd that was odd yeah, very strange. God, that scene. Yeah, that scene's just so weird. Yeah, because like they age him up 
It's yeah, like that's clearly an older actor. Yeah, like they don't age him up to like to be an adult. They age him. They age him up to be like a teenager. So it was just kind of like, are they? Thro- I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Either, man. Thinking about this way too hard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. I mean, it's it was yeah. It was the weirdest thing. Uh, another weird thing though, but it, it's not. It's kind of expected in the 80s movie. So the scene where you first, there, the ghost Christmas past, uh, you know, you see him and he's going to the Christmas party right before he meets Claire. So mm-hmm. Bill Murray in that scene is supposed to be 17 years old. That's great. <laughs> and I know, exactly. And I just really want to bring that up. Because like, look, cause I looked it up because I was really curious because I knew the movie was 35 years old this year. And then I wanted to look up how old Bill Murray was. And he was 38. Mm-hmm. And so it's that scene takes place in uh, 1970? Wait, hold on. So, okay, so I'm wrong. Just kidding. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Sorry, I can't math. Gotcha. But, no, it's okay. <laughs> but that's a little more believable then. I, I, I don't feel as dumb now. A little bit more. But like, still, he looked. He still does not look the age he's supposed to be. No, and no. Honestly, I wish films were more honest about that kind of thing now. <laughs> like, instead of trying to do like some kind of like techno voodoo stuff on like on um on like an hero and the Irishman. Like, I wish they had just like had. <laughs> Had him wear like a slightly long wig, yeah. <laughs> and been the same, and just been Robert De Niro. <laughs> like that would have been amazing. That would have been awesome. <laughs> just like okay, <laughs> okay, De Niro, you're supposed to be like 27 in this scene. Here are here's a slightly curly wig for you to wear. <laughs> Go at him. <laughs> like that would have been a much better scene. It would have. <laughs> Okay, wait, no, I was right. So that scene is in 1960. Oh, wow, that's a... So I I was right. He was supposed to be like 17, 18 years old. Wow. Sorry, that was bugging me. I was like, where did I get that idea then? But anyway. I I mean, his mullet's different, and it's iconic. It is, it's true. That's That's very true. I love the idea that the way he got... His... If you think about it hard enough... His career trajectory was very odd <laughs> because he went, um, I'm going t- to assume a bear just br- broke into your apartment and sneezed. Uh, yes. um, You're gone now. <laughs> dear God. <laughs> they always strike during Christmas Fest. It just happens in this downtown Kentucky city sometimes. So. <laughs> um, but, um, like, uh, if you think about his career trajectory, it's kind of insane because he goes from like, it seems he's like he's passing out like files and forms to various desks as if he's like the mailman, yeah, around the office or something, and then he goes from that to acting on a children's show in a dog costume. <laughs> And then somehow from there, he's like on the trajectory to be like an executive at the network. You're just like, what? What? What does his resume 
look like. <laughs> I really want to know, like, how, how is that? I mean, it was the 80s. Is that how jobs worked back then? I guess. Like, like you got, like, a high school degree and, and you danced around as if you were a dog for two years. <laughs> and then they were just like, here... Here's a top floor office. Like you've done your work, you've done your service. <laughs> is that is that how Reaganomics worked? Like, well, if you take it seriously enough, apparently, you know, because he ended up breaking up with Claire for no reason, really, just to get close to the uh, the higher ups. So I guess that's how that works in the eighties. I, I <laughs> I'm interested to hear your take on that scene. Uh, <laughs> Other than him being dressed as a dog, I can just accept that. Like, I'll be honest, man. With the job I have right now, if my boss told me, "Hey, if you wear a dog costume for six months and and dance around on camera for a bit, I'll I'll give you an administrative job." I'd probably take her up on it. Uh, but, I'm being completely real, but you know, the heyday of the '80s is behind us, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, so that scene. It breaks down to Frank is approached by his boss, who I assume he's like, he's like the dude at the network at that point. Apparently, yeah. And he gets approached by his boss and says, hey, if you and your girlfriend come have dinner with me and my secretary, who I'm obviously having an affair with, (laughs) then there's a lot of infidelity this year for Christmas (laughs) fest. What? Celebrated or otherwise. Um, <laughs> but, but she's just like, I mean, uh, um, basically you come on a double date with me. I'd like to talk to you about getting you like a promotion. Is basically the hint that was dropped. And yeah. you see that that is probably what happened and turned out. And Claire was just like, well, no, we have to go get dinner with our friends. And then they argue about it a bit. And Claire just kind of like, well, I don't know what to say. And Frank is just kind of like, well, I'll I'll meet up with you. And Claire is just like, we might need space. And Frank just kind of like isn't paying attention to her at that point and stuff. And then and then they fall apart from each other. And here's the thing. I I love my homegirl Claire. Mm-hmm. I'm all for women taking a stand and t- demanding like loyalty and follow through from the partners in their lives. I'm all for that. If I was Frank, um, Jacob throw a language advisory on this episode. Um, if I was Frank and I said, Hey, my boss wants to have dinner with us to talk about me receiving a promotion. And Claire was just like, no, we have to have dinner with our friends who presumably are like who live in town and we can see <laughs> at other times. Right. And Claire said, no, we can't have dinner with your boss to get your promotion. We have to have dinner with our friends. I would be tempted to look Claire in the eye and say, Claire, I am in a fucking dog costume <laughs> for 10 hours a day. <laughs> And this is my shot of having a job where I don't have to be in a dog costume for 10 yeah. hours a day. And I know that you really like our friends. <laughs> but I think I'm going to go have dinner with my boss. 
Like, am I wrong here? Am I off base with that situation? No, no I actually had meant to, I meant to bring this up earlier because, you know, in the other Christmas story uh, retellings, you know, it's usually when um, the, the love interest uh, realizes that Scrooge is, you know, obsessed with money and that's when they break up. In this particular scene, I didn't see that at all. I'm like you. I saw, hey, I'm in a dog costume. I'd like to not be in a dog costume anymore. So I'm going to go have dinner with the boss. So, like, I do, I definitely agree with that. I didn't think it was breakup worthy at all. Like, I was like, like that's not really a strong, you know, case for that, in my opinion. Yeah, like, he could have... He could have really like had a breakdown there and just been like, I wear this dog costume like 12 hours. I'm sweaty constantly. Kids are throwing up on me because they dance too hard. Like I, <laughs> I need a different job. I will lose yes. my mind if yes. I don't have dinner with my boss tonight. Yes. No, I, I absolutely, I, I had wished that was a little bit more like his greed was it didn't seem like the cause of their breakup. And I thought that was weird. Yeah. Like it's one of those. And like, I don't know if they possibly if they had dialed up the fact that his boss was like, was like a trashy dude. Like mm-hmm. if his boss had just been like, Oh, well, Frank, how about you come to the strip club with me? And we'll talk right. about, <laughs> we'll talk about your future at the company and stuff. Then it just, then it'd be like, well, no, I don't want you to go to like a strip club with your boss on Christmas Eve when like yeah. you're in a relationship with me. Yeah. yeah. Way more understandable, way more understandable. Yes. But to just be like, Hey, let's cancel on our friends tonight. Probably be able to have the same dinner with them three days from now yeah. <laughs> so that I don't have to wear a dog costume for 12 hours a day. <laughs> like, I don't know. That whole thing kind of, it was very strange. Cause up to that point, you're just like, Oh, Frank sucks. Frank's the worst. He's mean yeah. to everybody. And then you have that scene and you're just kind of like, Oh no, like <laughs> the worst person, in <laughs> the worst person in this film has, has a stance. I agree with like, <laughs> like, it doesn't feel good. I would want my partner to better themselves. That's what. <laughs> yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with wearing a dog costume for there isn't. Today. But that's if they're fine. not happy, you know, that's yeah. where you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I don't want anybody. I don't want any of the character, any of the character actors at Disney World to get mad if they hear this. I'd just be like, well, what's wrong with being in a dog costume for 12 hours a day? <laughs> yeah, like, we just that's your jam, man. I want you to rock it, but like, it's not for everybody. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, is this a movie you will rewatch, Al? It is one I will rewatch. Um, I can't wait, you know. Um, one day um, off in the future and stuff. If like we have a family, we have kids. Um, it'd be fun to throw this on and see what things kind of pass over their heads. And then, <laughs> and then wait like five years and then we'll watch it again and then just be like, uh, I'd be like, yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> that's the experience. Yes. Um, no, no, it's, uh, um, it's very fun. Um, again, I've talked about before how I am like with holiday films. Like I don't, I try not to watch stuff like several years in a row. So like, I probably wait like at least a couple years to watch this again. 
Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's fun. It's fun. It's a good one. Good, yeah. good. How about you, Jenny? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's definitely going to be one that I will put in the Christmas rotation that, you know, I always uh, am adding to. So that'll be a yearly watch, I think. That, that, it was that good for me. So, yeah, I was happy to, to watch it again after a couple decades. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 87 years. Literally. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. Yeah. No, no, it was a good fun. I love I like him in general, but there's something special about Bill Murray in the eighties. Because mm-hmm. like he does he plays not exactly the same, but the same kind of character in Ghostbusters, which yeah. is like one of my all time favorite films ever. And like and like he does the same kind of thing where like He's he's gross and he sucks and like he's not very nice, but like there's still like a natural charisma to him um, at the same time, and um, yeah, man, just him in the '80s is just um, just very enjoyable. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Also, um, this has nothing to do with anything. But I went to just now to see, like, if Bill Murray was married. And he is dating Khalees. Uh, this was nothing I was prepared for. Um, anyway, that's I'm all. Going, I'm, going to sh- <laughs> I'm going to show how out of touch I am. I don't know who that is. Khalees did the song Milkshake. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so okay. That's, that's interesting. You know what? I knew that, <laughs> but when you said that this is the person that Bill Murray is in a relationship right <laughs> right now with, <laughs> then I think subconsciously my brain was just like, mm, there are two t- t- different people named Khalees. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be. <laughs> no other explanation. Wow, that's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. That's insane. That's something. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, that's like a thirty-year age difference. I just looked it up. Like yeah. that's that's wild. Yeah, and it's it's also like just weird to think about because like Khalees used to date Nas, and it's just like what an interesting like. <laughs> I what mean, an hip- interesting <laughs> the bears back. What an interesting <laughs> um, dating history Khalees has. That's all. I mean, if you're <laughs> trying, <laughs> if your goal is to date like influential celebrities in the late '80s, then like she's has a very good track record. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing great. She's doing wonderful. Yeah, you go, Khalees. That is stellar. <laughs> you kill it, Khalees. This is now a Khalees stand account. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm very much kidding. Uh, But yeah. That is wild. (laughs) I liked that. I liked the trivia there. That was fun. Yeah. It was fun. (laughs) But on that note, uh, (laughs) thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you learned some fun stuff and hope you uh, check out Scrooge, which again is 35 this year. Um, it's a very good movie. Uh, not kid friendly unless you're watching it live on TV. Uh, 
Um, 35 yeah. years old. Appro- yeah. Approximately the age gap between Bill Murray and Khalid. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so <Crazy>. there's that. <laughs> Well, I feel, I feel completely outplayed. Like the only trivia I found about this film was just like, oh, it was directed by the same guy who did like Superman and the Goonies. Like that's kind of cool. But like, <laughs> that's kind of fun. And then, and then Jimmy just walks in and drops a drops an atomic bomb of a of a pop culture fact. And I was just like, oh, huh. I Well, that's, uh, I mean, that is the boy who came to her yard. There you go. Well, this just in from fact-checking boy number three, uh, they actually broke up. Oh. <laughs> I'm so okay. sorry to well, announce. My, my Christmas season is ruined. <laughs> Yes, they broke up in August. I'm so sorry. Oh, it only lasted two months. I thought yeah. this was like, I thought they were like ice partners. Like, I, thought <laughs> I thought it was a romance story for the ages. I didn't know it was just a fling. Like, geez, that's only two, two months is hardly any time. Like, Elise could have like recently have been on ketamine that entire time and not realized she was dating Bill Murray. <laughs> you're you're so right. <laughs> and then she dropped the high and was just like, "Oh my god, that's the guy from Ghostbusters! What am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> that's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. So I'm sorry if you were listening five minutes ago and you were really excited for Bill Murray and Khalees relationship, but now it's over. Uh, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe they'll get back together, guys. No worries. Um, well, um, you know, I feel like I'm sharing something with those people in old England who read A Christmas Carol for the first time because this has just been a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions and experiences. Uh, but yeah, okay. So that's that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this has been uh, Christmas Fest, Scrooge, and uh, <laughs> 151 episodes, baby. <laughs> yeah, 151 episodes. Look at that. Uh, yeah, me and Al will be talking about Elf next episode. Uh, excited about that one. And yeah, hope to see you all there. Um, yeah, Merry Christmas. Woohoo. And a happy new year. And a happy new year. Yeah. God bless us, everyone. Go stream milkshake by Calice. Yeah. Go stream it. <laughs> Go stream that song on Apple um, and not on Spotify, though, because Apple pays like three times the amount t- t- to their artists. So. Oh. oh. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> 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 On episode 151 of Phantom Talk, Alan and Jenny forget how to end a podcast. <laughs> I did.